0: If you're into the Daily Bravo news, exclusive interviews, and just the mess, then don't miss my podcast, Up in Atom, where I'm your host, Adam Newell, on any and all platforms that you listen to your podcast.
1: I'll see you soon.
2: Hello again and welcome to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy. I'm your host, certified sex therapist Lori Watson, author of Wanting Sex Again, and blogger at Psychology Today and WebMD. And I have with me Dr. Adam Matthews, my co-host, who's a couples therapist, psychotherapist, and president of NCAMFT. Foreplay is dedicated to helping couples keep it hot. Each episode, we cover an aspect of sex that impacts your sex life and something that you can relate to. So if you find our discussions helpful, please give us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. We would love it if you would tell a friend about us. You can find us also on the web at foreplayrst.com. And if you have a comment or a topic that you'd like us to talk about, we'd love to hear from you. Please send them to us at info at foreplayrst.com. Thanks for listening. Now on to today's topic. Hello, Adam.
1: Hey, Lori. How are we doing?
2: We are doing so great. Yeah. Yeah, I'm so excited. We have just had a huge burst of downloads.
1: Oh, that's right. We have. That's super exciting, right? How many have we had?
2: Oh, I I think in the last 12 hours, we've had like 22,000 downloads.
1: Oh, that's great.
2: I know. It's fantastic. We don't don't know why, but thank you to the podcast gods out there who have kissed us and said... You know, listen to us. Apparently.
1: Well, all our ritual sacrifices have apparently been yeah. worth it. <laughs> <Right>.
2: Somebody <laughs> has liked us and said something about it. We don't know who, but if you're a new listener, we would yeah. love to know where you heard about us and who's yeah. out there talking about us so we can thank them. Yeah. Uh, but it's fantastic.
1: Yeah, we're we're super appreciative. So thanks for listening. Thanks for jumping on board. And, yeah, we'd love to hear from people about what they want to hear us talk about, topics they would like. So you can always email info at foreplayrst.com. Let us know what you want to talk about. We're also also starting to accept callers, right?
2: Right. We're starting to accept callers and call-ins. And so if you are interested in being on the show and have a problem that you'd like us to kind of analyze and talk about, Mm -hmm. please let us know first by email. And pretty soon we'll probably set up something like a, a phone line so that you can ask your question, then we'll just answer it. But at this point send it in and we have some exciting things coming up we're going to do a live webinar yeah soon and on That's the 10 different things that men and women do wrong in the bedroom and that's probably going to be in September, so we'll let you know more about the details. If you're a new listener, we welcome you, and we hope that you participate with us. Please subscribe to us. That would be awesome. Yeah.
1: Well, and today
2: we're going to talk about pleasure.
1: Pleasure. That is probably second to the word moist. Pleasure is a word that doesn't fall <laughs> most from people's from that, people's lips. <laughs> you know? uh, Right.
2: Moist. Ew. The worst well, word in the world, worst, right? Word,
1: worst word ever. But pleasure. Uh, You're right.
2: It is is not a common word anymore.
1: Yeah. In fact, I was looking at something as we were researching this. So like in the 1800s, like it was used way more than it's used today. People like apparently. It's an old word. It's an older word, right? And the use of it has declined, but it's an important one, right?
2: It is. And it's an important concept. Hmm. You know, I think that the biggest thing I see that stumbles couples is they are hell-bent on Productivity, hmm. you know, getting things done, raising their family, building their financial kingdom.
1: Is, it, is that cultural, Lori? Is that is that a is that a new thing? Well, yeah, feels, I think it's, it's an American
2: the, cultural issue, right? I mean, like the French, don't they take a two-hour lunch or something, and they go back to their families, and the, the they Italians have a long leisurely, yeah, a long they leisurely meal. Like they they celebrate being together, and and that's a top priority you know oh. just to to stop for the day and have a pleasurable meal
1: yeah but we're we tend to be more concerned with making things happen getting stuff done checking off our to-do list yeah and, i mean how
2: many people at work actually take time for lunch yeah you know most
1: people work through lunch right and how
2: many people at home you know, take time out of their list to say, you know, it's just important to be together, to have sex together, Mm. to hang out and just have some pleasure. There's that (laughs) word, Adam. Uh,
1: Pleasure. Yeah. I mean, it's just not, it's not a focus, right? And we prioritize a lot of other things about pleasure. But that's also when you talk about pleasure, there's some fears associated with pleasure, don't you think? I mean, things that we're we're afraid to lean into pleasure, right? Because we're afraid Absolutely. we're going to lose control. We're afraid it's just going to go all out, and like, we'll become lazy. Oh yeah, we'll become lazy and
2: hedonistic.
1: Those, hedonistic, yeah.
2: We could stand to be more hedonistic. Yeah.
1: You know? Well, I mean, and. And I think we associate it with a lot of bad things. Unconsciously, we think people that have leaned into pleasure have gone too far. They've lost control. They're all of a sudden substance abusers. They're gluttonous. Um, gluttonous. They've they've just they've completely lost it and gone off the deep end. So we resist the idea of moving it, of, of finding out what is pleasurable for us and, right, and exactly. how we can lean into it.
2: And I, I was talking to a couple, or I was maybe I was listening to a couple. And they were saying they were going to go away for the weekend and spend most of it in bed, and it was like wonderful, absolutely yeah. wonderful. But how many people do that, right? Uh-huh. Even honeymoons these days that are supposed to be sex vacations—that that's oh, the yeah. purpose of your honeymoon, everybody. Yeah. You know, kids out there, it's a sex vacation. Yeah. <laughs>
1: we were, yeah, we were doing uh, some premarital with a couple that's going to Disney World, and I kept, I kept saying to them, no. Don't don't do it. Don't do it. Go go find the, a cabin in the woods and uh, yeah, just stay and, there, or go
2: to the beach and yeah. just lay on the beach just after, after that beach. busy wedding. That's
1: right. Find a find a cabana, a private cabana <laughs> somewhere, and just like <laughs> just just be there. You have time to ride Space Mountain later. Um, but yeah, that, or they go to
2: Europe and they go on these huge yeah, adventures and, and right them. and tours and I'm like, no, no, this is the time you're supposed to be together.
1: Yeah, but in and, Practicing and you, sex. You brought you bring <laughs> up uh, honeymoon as well because that seems to be the time that we can find pleasure. We say it's okay to be to, to have pleasure on the honeymoon, right? Right. Or that's right. the that's the usually. period of time, usually. That's the only period of time that you can just um, just seek pleasure in, in each other and just be together. But, right. Yeah, but we're saying There's there's other times to do that as well, that it's okay just to go away with that being the purpose.
2: I I mean, if you get to the end of your life and you think, okay, you know, what did I accomplish? I accomplished, you know, I I earned all this money. I bought all these toys. I I did all this. Like what is I I think when we get to the end of our life, we look back and we think about moments and pockets of time where we had joy, where we were with people that we loved, where we were having exquisite moments, you know, it, it, it isn't the conquering of the world kind of thing, right? Because yeah. th- it's over. Yeah. But those other moments, that's what stands out.
1: Are we going to care about being productive? Probably end,
2: not right? as much. No. Yeah.
1: yeah but I, I think most people would would agree with that statement in theory, right? But they wouldn't shift all the way to, I'd rather have, have been about my pleasure, right? Sure. Because there's aspects of that that can feel selfish, particularly in a relationship, right? If I said, I'm all about, if I came to therapy with you and I said, I'm all about my pleasure, like that would feel like a selfish thing, but maybe it's maybe it's not.
2: Well, you know, obviously everything has to be in balance, but I I think about, especially the women who I talk to who have the list, mm. you know, it's all these things they have to do before and, and they can never relax and have pleasure until the list is done, which it's never done. hmm It's never Never
1: done or or
2: the men who like have to work after work. You know, they're Mm -hmm. back on their emails. They're back on their phone. They keep their phone on. There can never be a moment of downtime just to say to turn the world off, Mm -hmm. you know, and so they can't turn their attention to each other. And I think sex takes that.
1: Yeah. I think men can move toward pleasure, but I think oftentimes they're told that they shouldn't, Mm -hmm. that it's not that that's not okay. Well, I think women maybe get the same message as well now that I think about it. Like they will probably both get the messages that it's not okay, but men in particular, I think we can switch from being productive to being to looking for pleasure, but a lot of times that's not that's not that doesn't seem to be okay.
2: Sure, and I think men can compartmentalize a little bit better than women do. Uh, yeah. so so that's probably true. When they're having sex, they're in it. They're thinking about sex whereas I think women when they're having sex, they're thinking about getting up sometimes and doing the next thing.
1: Yeah, and yeah. I, and I do think that is frustrating for. It's a frustrating thing for men. Oh, absolutely. You know, to be able to figure out how to do that, because um, I don't, I don't think they don't want it to be pleasurable. I mean, I think men absolutely want it to be pleasurable for their partners, but I think getting them to drop the to, to the to do list or focus on it, Coming seems into to the be, moment. Yeah, it seems to mm-hmm. be a hard task. I'm not saying it's just a, a women's problem, but I mean, I think that's a. Right, uh, and, like and turning that, that's toward, sexist if I'm saying I'm not well turning that. toward turning toward pleasure though I mean is the seems to be the difficult thing of uh, getting both people toward to turn toward it and to explore it together mm-hmm. about what and to know what it is
2: right, and I mean, we have this American Puritan background right that mm-hmm. says it's all about staying away from laziness and and pleasurable moments and being productive i mean work drives us I, mm-hmm. unfortunately, right. You think about getting married and you think, okay, we're going to have more sex than ever because we live together. We are, we're together yeah. all the time. But what happens is their focus changes mm-hmm. and suddenly their focus is on work. Yeah, It's not on each other. Mm-hmm. So they don't have as much sex because they, they don't invest in that anymore.
1: Yeah, and, and a lot of times pleasure is about being present as well. Like you have to be present in the moment to experience that. And oftentimes our minds are turned toward the next thing, the next mm-hmm. day, the stressors of what's going on in the future, trying to maintain what we have or the, um, the hurts and the frustrations of the past. And so we don't end up being fully present um, and engaged in the moment, which makes it hard to focus on the pleasure for ourselves or for our partners as well.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that sometimes we don't feel like we deserve pleasure. You know, some especially sexual pleasure. Again, I'm going to go back to the women that I talked to. They're not thin enough. They're not pretty enough. They're not yeah. sexy enough. Their breasts are this, that, and the other thing. They're too big, too small, too floppy, too, you know, whatever. Or they have cellulite. They're somehow or another imperfect and, and bad in a way that they can't say, I deserve a pleasurable sexual moment. Mm. You know, there's, they're not enough. Yeah, and I think men too—they struggle, right, with performance. You know, they—they're they're not enough. Their erection isn't hard enough, big enough, whatever. Yeah. And so they get anxious, and they can't experience just pleasure. They're—they're they're now thinking about performance.
1: Yeah, we almost work
2: need, in sex.
1: Yeah, we almost need to give ourselves permission to be able to seek pleasure, specifically in our partner, right? Because we have all these things that turn that off that keep us from doing that. And so it seems like we almost need to say it's okay for me to seek this. It's okay for things to be pleasurable in the first place for that to for that to occur.
2: Yes. Well, let's come back and give some tips about, you know, some how to have sexual pleasure, mm. and some really specific things so that people can think about incorporating this into their sex life, and into their lives. Period.
1: Yeah. Awesome.
2: Okay. You're listening to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy with your sex therapist, Lori Watson, and couples therapist, Dr. Adam Matthews. We'll be right back.
0: Wanting Sex Again. How to Rediscover Desire and Heal a Sexless Marriage by Certified Sex Therapist, Lori Watson. Each chapter
2: is designed to fix one of the problems that cause low libido from early marriage through the childbearing years, even all the way through menopause. I've also had men read it and tell me that for them, it was the most hopeful thing they read about resolving sexual problems.
0: Look for Wanting Sex Again on Amazon.com. You can also talk to Lori Watson for therapy in person or via Skype.
2: I offer couples counseling and sex therapy, and I think about both aspects of the relationship, emotional intimacy and sexual technique, and that combination together helps marriages be happy.
0: Weekend couples intensives are also offered improve your sex, and improve your relationship with Awakening Center for Couples and Intimacy. Find out more at awakenloveandsex.com.
1: Awaken what's possible. It is one of my great joys in life to be able to really help individuals and couples find strength in their relationships and really find hope again.
0: Licensed marriage and family therapist, Dr. Adam Matthews from Matthews Counseling.
1: I work with a wide variety of issues, including depression and anxiety, marital issues, issues with adolescence. I believe that therapy should be designed around you, that it should be personalized to who you are and to your unique situation. Therapy is available in office, online, and by phone. I want therapy to be comfortable for everyone. At our office, you'll find that we sit around a fireplace in deep, comfortable chairs look at the problem differently, and offer practical solutions for you to take home and utilize outside of the therapy room.
0: Schedule today and rediscover hope.
1: You can find me on the web at matthewscounseling.net. Matthew's with one T. You can contact us through email or phone and find a lot of resources on our website, matthewscounseling.net. So we're back, and we are talking about pleasure, right? A word that just rolls off the tongue, pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's important for us to figure that out because sex is supposed to be pleasurable. Sex is supposed to be enjoyable, and we have to give ourselves permission to be able to uh, seek that and to figure out uh, what is pleasurable, and particularly in sex, and what we enjoy, right? So, Lori, I know that you have some specific things that we can do to begin to figure out what is pleasurable for us to understand uh, what we take pleasure in and begin to explore right? So what are, what are some things that we can start doing?
2: Well, good. Well, I'd like to introduce the idea of what is a classic sex therapist intervention. It's called Sensate Focus. And right. what that means is there's kind of a series of days that you do these exercises that are designed to help you experience more pleasure in the body and then eventually more pleasure sexually. I think that, as I said before, we get focused on performance we get focused on an end goal of orgasm and some of that can really twist up how good sex is it can make yeah. it it can make it bad you know we we get too anxious and so either we don't climax or we climax too fast or you know there's all these problems or it becomes dutiful sex it's it's not this long leisurely pleasurable endeavor.
1: Yeah, so you're saying that intercourse and particularly orgasm doesn't have to be the only place we experience pleasure during sex.
2: Right. And Sensate Focus is designed to kind of have you have total body pleasure. And yeah. it it starts out in this way. So it's it's very specific and if you want to try this at home, please do and please kind of follow the instructions. The day one is basically about non-genital non-breast touching and it's but it's whole body touching. So you lie with your partner naked and you take turns. And and this gets away from reciprocity. You know, because so many people are so anxious is my partner responding mm-hmm. that they can't feel anymore. And we want people to start feeling. We want them to come into their body. We want them to experience the many different ways that their body has pleasure. So basically day 1 is Being naked together, touching, maybe starting with the back, massage, touch everywhere, then rolling over so that your front is exposed, and touching everywhere but the specifically sexual erogenous zones. So finding other erogenous zones. You know, the earlobes, the elbows, the back of the knees. That was, that was my husband's big find when we were young. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's like, where are the erogenous zones on your partner? So many people get down to business and, and they miss all these wonderful moments. I, I think that's, you know, one of the problems and one of the great things about kind of high school sex or sex where you're not supposed to do it. You mm-hmm. know, as you spend all this time months sometimes yeah. in foreplay and in touching trying to avoid the specific spots that are going to turn your partner on the whole while being incredibly turned on. Yeah. And that's kind of what we want to replicate with sensate focus. So day 1 touching everywhere but and just trying to relax and enjoy being a receiver and then taking turns being the giver.
1: Yeah. What's day 2? So
2: day two, you can include genitals, you can include breasts.
1: But still Um, just touching, right?
2: Yeah, but it's still just touching and it's taking a long time for it. So, you know, it's like a half an hour of pleasuring your partner, finding all the ways they like to be touched, also finding the ways you like to touch. Hmm. You know, sometimes we want to please our partner so much that we forget that we can take pleasure in touching Hmm. uh, and that that's a big turn on as well. And so... So day two is all of that. And again, taking the leisure, um, not rushing to intercourse, not rushing to orgasm, but taking a long time. And then after that, you know, you can incorporate another Sensate Focus Day with full completion, you know, bringing each other to orgasm. But day one and day two, no orgasms, but you can include genital and breast touch on on the second day. Awesome. Yeah. That I sounds mean, like a fun
1: three days. It's a I mean, really it? <laughs> fun
2: three days, you know, because you're, it is frustrating on one hand because especially if you're used to reaching orgasm with each other. But especially like with guys who have premature ejaculation, you know, they're so focused on their penis and what their penis is doing and what it ought to do or, or ED. They're, they're so focused on that that they don't feel anymore. You know, or women who are struggling with orgasm or, or struggling to have orgasm a certain way, you know, they they stop feeling and they start watching themselves in bed. You know, they're hovering over the bed saying, Am I doing it right? Am I responding okay? Does my partner think I'm I'm performing well? You know, is my partner happy with my response? And so they're not they're not in their body. Yeah. And this is a way to get back into your body.
1: So you're saying that sex isn't all about the penis. Is that, <laughs> I, is, that, is that what you're saying, Lori? That's so confusing. That is what I'm saying. Sex isn't all about the penis. Yeah,
2: I know. Uh, I know. Okay, that's a little disappointing. I'm not gonna lie. But
1: I'll, I'll, I'll accept it. The other thing that we talked about that you you mentioned earlier that I think would be good to talk about is the different erogenous zones. I mean, those that's where pleasure is located, right, in those erogenous zones um, around sex, but a lot of times, like we were just joking about, men stay focused on the penis, or women stay focused on one or two body parts, and we don't really explore erogenous zones, right?
2: Yeah, or I think men learn this is, you know, the clitoris is what she needs to have stimulated to reach an orgasm, so they go right for that, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think for most women, certainly, you know, they need lots of other touching Mm 1st So probably learning where your wife's erogenous zones are would be really helpful.
1: So maybe it's helpful. I think people don't know exactly what the erogenous zones are or where they are. So maybe we just list a few just to make sure people are aware of them, right? Okay. So for men, obviously, penis is number one. Sure. Um, And
2: for women, her vulva, her clitoris.
1: Right, um, number one,
2: and her, then her vagina.
1: Then her vagina. After that, All right? Yeah. Um, mouth and lips. Mouth uh, and obvious. lips. Yes. I mean, kissing. maybe I think a lot of couples have lost the art of kissing. Yes. Right. Uh huh. And exploring that area. And you can
2: listen to our podcast on that.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. We have a we have one on just on we kissing, do. right?
2: We do. It's important. And women's breasts. And I think you know, again, women do not like their direct sexual erogenous zones touched often until they're aroused. Yeah. So it, it could be a no-go unless they're aroused.
1: Right. For men, scrotum, perineum, like yeah. those are those are often unexplored as well.
2: Right. And the perineum is the space underneath his testicles, between that and his anus. and that's actually the front side of the prostate gland. So sometimes pressure there can be extremely pleasurable. And I think that women may not know that, men may not know that, but sometimes and sometimes using a vibrator there can be a really extremely pleasurable act for him.
1: We mentioned nipples, nipples, mentioned ears. Yep. Um, both nipples and ears can be uh, pleasurable as well. Neck. We haven't talked about the neck. Oh, I think but-
2: the neck is just an under underused super erogenous zone, right? Yeah. I mean, oftentimes men in the movies they show men reach up and sort of. Circle her neck, you know, and put his hand be behind her neck, but it's like that touch is so sensuous, and certainly kissing there. Often women say, "I would just love it if he'd come up and kiss me on the back of my neck or on the side of my neck." The neck is a big deal for neck women. Neck is a big deal. Neck yeah. is. I mean, big I think deal. it's a good place. And for, for men, men too, for men as, well, for men as right. well,
1: particularly the back of the neck as well. Yeah, um, is full of those turbinings as well. Yeah,
2: and they say actually sucking on men's Adam. Um, what is it?
1: Adam's apple?
2: Adam's apple. what you're, there I we I go. you're to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: I, I,
1: I yeah. not know where you are going. I was like, I Adam, it. wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I can't do it. Uh, yeah. uh, I just call mine my, my me apple. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's great. <laughs> um, um,
1: yeah. So those are some areas, some um, erogenous zones to explore. Yeah. Make sure you're hitting you hitting all of them.
2: And, and let me say two more. Um, the frenulum, which is on the penis, it's sort of like – when a man is erect, it's the the front side of his penis. It's It would be the underside when he's not erect. And it's like right at that little V at the head of his penis between that and the shaft. And that's supposed to be, I'm not a guy, but it's supposed to be a really super, ex, you know, sensitive spot on a man's penis. And also also a G spot for the woman, which is about one and a half inches into her vagina, top side of her vagina, sometimes pressure, not not a whole lot of pressure, but medium pressure there, kind of stroking, can be super pleasurable.
1: Yeah, and we do have a whole podcast about that as well.
2: We do on the on the, on the G-Spot. So listen in.
1: So um, your last tip, Laura, that you're talking about is is a technique you refer to as baseball. I had no idea baseball. what you had, you had to unpack this for me to help <laughs> help me understand what exactly you're talking about It's not first, second,
2: third home. No. no. No, it's basically three strikes you're out, which is – Somehow or another, bringing your partner close to orgasm and stopping. Mm -hmm. So you want them to kind of monitor themselves and say, you know, you you can't climax until we do this several times. And Mm -hmm. I just picked three times and you're out as, you know, as the metaphor. So bringing them right up to the edge, stopping, letting them relax and cool off for just a minute or two and bringing them back up to the edge, cool off. Third time, you let them go over the edge, have an orgasm, and what that does is it builds this magnificent platform of vasocongestion, which is kind of swelling and blood, and and it gives them a very powerful orgasm. Mm-hmm. So it's a super wonderful experience because it's intense during the whole build-up time, and it often has a big bang at the end. So it, it's it's a win all the way around. Yeah, yeah. it's structured frustration.
1: Structured frustration, and right? especially that can be yeah,
2: especially helpful for people who get hung up on orgasm. The woman who can't get there, and you're like, oh, okay, don't don't get there. You know, let's let's play baseball, or edging is another way to think about it.
1: Awesome. All right.
2: Edging close to orgasm.
1: Right. So. Good luck trying all this stuff, like for more, more pleasure. More pleasure, all right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to use that word, but you can use that word if you want to. It's not a bad <laughs> word. Uh, getting more comfortable with it, saying it over and time, over and over again in this podcast. <laughs> pleasure, yeah, pleasure, pleasure. Yeah, okay. we <laughs> endorse
2: pleasure at Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy with your sex therapist Lori Watson and couples therapist Dr. Adam Matthews. Thank you for listening. Hey, help us stay on top here at Foreplay. We'd love it if you would subscribe and share it with your friends, and please take 1 sec and rate and review us. Thanks so much.